From Timbuktu to Times Square, Michael Jordan. Hey, this is Old Black Magic and the Millennial. I'm Brian Bablon, Old Black Magic. And I'm Molly Adams, a millennial, stone cold. I would say we're talking about his airness, Michael Jordan. Sure, we're talking about the Bulls, but we're really talking about a singular man that took a team to greatness. Yeah, we're talking about Michael Jordan, much more importantly. Maybe, is he? This is this is a stupid question that I've debated a few times. Okay. Who is like the most famous person in the world? Like the most globally recognizable person? And Michael Jordan pops up a lot on, on the answer. I would say from the 80s and 90s, the two most recognizable with not a shadow of a doubt, the two most recognizable figures were two black men named Michael. Uh, Michael Jackson in the 80s, and I will say Michael Jordan in the 90s. Yeah, and even into the early 2000s with Michael Jordan. Legendary, but you said, you know, at the apex, like you can go in Timbuktu to Times Square. <laughs> From Timbuktu to Times Square. Michael Jordan. So I can only, you know, I, we're speaking to you, who's a native Chicago. We're going to have another Chicagoan on the show. So I can only speak as an outsider to Michael Jordan. Let me ask you this, Molly. An outsider who is also a Boston fan of many sports. That's, that's highly disgusting, but that's not even, that's a whole other podcast. I was but, a child. Now I don't care. I know. I'll be real that I cared when I was young. But I'm really asking you this too. Are you of age even to be aware of what the greatness was when he was playing? Yes, that's my point. I'm a millennial. There we go. Like, I'm not I'm not a teen. I I was I was aware Mm -hmm. when they were winning. The Mm -hmm. way I kind of conflated in my mind was like the, the Cowboys at the same time were winning a lot of Super Bowls. Yes, the Cowboys and, of the 90s. Yeah. Yes. And they both just annoyed me so much because they won all the time all and the it time. was not fair. Well, it's sort of like for you as a, as a, I guess, Boston sports fan, it's sort of like the reign of the Patriots, which is on the equivalent of Tom Brady is the only thing that's close to a Michael Jordan ever in football. It's Tom Brady, hands down. But Tom Brady is nowhere near the star power of what Michael Jordan is. Tom Brady can go walk around in America and not get mobbed. Michael Jordan could never do that. Oh, yeah. I mean, in Tom Brady, I mean, American football is only really big in America. Tom Brady mm-hmm. could could leave the country very easily and not yeah. be recognized. Yeah, so, and I, and I'm and and I'm saying this beautiful. globally. I know he's yeah. beautiful, beautiful white man. And no, and I'm saying this last thing. It's a good point you made about international games. I would say after Michael Jordan, another person who was popular. I would say in the '60s and '70s. Uh, when I was a young adult, um, was Pele, but he wasn't that huge here in the States, but people knew about him. But globally, Pele was the Michael Jordan of the world because he was playing soccer. So 
Yeah, and Kobe Bryant, RIP. Very popular. Uh, Yes, of course, Kobe Bryant, yeah. So, ESPN. ESPN is airing a 10-part documentary series called The Last Dance about doubles. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Last dance. Last dance tonight. The reason I sing that is because um, I went to a Donna Summer musical with Molly's cousin <laughs> and sister. And I was on I was on recreational drugs. And um that's mental toughness. If you can sit through a Donna Summers musical on party drugs that shan't be named, you're mentally tough. Continue. So let's bring let's bring our guest on, Jamie Nesbitt Golden. Jamie Nesbitt Golden. Very first question. How do you yeah. feel about the bulls? Um well, now. That's a broad question. <laughs> yeah, that's a broad question. It's, it's a very broad question. question. Um, I just want a very simple answer. Well, 43 year old me um, is kind of apathetic, ambivalent. I don't know. Um, but 15 year old me was Woo! fucking hype. Like, <laughs> like, it was great to be a Bulls fan back in the day. And Jamie, would you would you say this uh, as someone from Chicago? Mm-hmm. And the, it was the journey because the Bulls have been so garbage yeah. for yeah. so long, and it wasn't like the Lakers where they were good and then they were bad, they were good. You were with these bums, and then they went from it was sort of like a pretty woman. Yeah, there were some hoes, whole ass motherfuckers on the streets, and look up, they're married to a billionaire. <laughs> That's that's about yeah that's 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 appropriate actually yeah no um but who would have been their Richard Gear Phil Jackson okay because like I thought you were Krause well I was I was like I was gonna make sure like we weren't talking about Krause here so (laughs) and let me and 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 hold on Molly hold on one second let me ask let me ask this question to Jamie and and this is this is where we get you know our little smart social uh, racial commentary deep part. Okay, and I and I said this with Rock Belushi, who was on the podcast a few episodes ago. One reason that Michael Jordan resonated, excuse me, was the fact of what he looked like. For so long, if you were a black man that had that much shine on you, you had you looked different. You know, you'd look like Prince or Michael mm-hmm. Jackson, or your hair was processed, or it was some weird weird thing about you that makes you look weird. This is a dude coming in looking like a regular ass nigga. Killing it. <laughs> yep. Killing it. And turned and, into and, a sexual icon. And turned, he made it cool to be bald. Like, yeah, I'm, yep. my head's bald, man. You know, it, it, it was a lot of things going on there at a time in America where now it's no big deal. You know, mm-hmm. now we in the TikTok world. But back then, a big chocolate motherfucker just getting right. all that attention, and he couldn't and, sing a dance. And he was country. And he was bad. We were talking straight North Carolina backwards. So, like, yeah, no, it was crazy to, like, watch him sort of rise in popularity and sex appeal. Like, I think he you wasn't know, running for being, like, one of the sexiest men alive. Yeah. People Magazine. I'm like, really? This guy? Okay. Yeah. And and you know how country he was? And, and, I, and I saw that in the, I guess it was the second episode 
of of the documentary mm-hmm. where he was talking about when he was a rookie and he had just gotten to the Bulls and they were on a an exhibition game in Peoria. Mm-hmm. Peoria. <laughs> and he said he went to a hotel in Peoria and there's only really one good hotel in Peoria. I know this for a fact. He went to the <laughs> hotel in Peoria and all the team was in one room and he went in there. He said, man, I went in there and it was girls. It was drinking. It was oh, yeah, lying. Yeah. He, he called cocaine lines. <laughs> he's he's a, it's a unique slice of black men of a certain age that calls cocaine lines. Lines, yep. Hey, man, I ain't doing no lines. That's everybody say lines. White lines. Yeah, everybody, everybody say blow, give me right. some coke. Right. A unique a, a man in the late 50s from North Carolina. Mm, I do no lines. God. So, <laughs> if yeah, you didn't live it, Molly, you don't know. Yeah, no, that well, was part of the charm. Here's, here's another question I have for some insiders. Why do people in Chicago hate the front office so much? Well, they, you clearly didn't watch the episode. Yeah. <laughs> They're murderers, particularly. I'm Rather. asking the questions for the people who didn't watch. You're right. You're right. The no, you're show. very good. Very good. Jamie, what what is I, I know Jamie's gonna nail it, but what's your answer, Jamie? Because they were murderers. I mean, like they just they killed the dream. They were dream killers. Yeah. Like basically Jerry Cross was like, Well, I mean, these guys on their last leg anyway. I'm gonna, you know, dismantle a team which was really premature, but whatever. Um, also, I don't understand how a baseball scout ever got into the, like, I don't know why we we thought Cross would be the perfect guy to sort of do this thing. Um, well, 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 Jamie, he, he did. He did put this dream, well, he did. this dream together. That's true. And they built it around him. And, and that was a phenomenal job. But like at, at some point, someone should have, right. But someone should have pulled Cross back, you know, when he had the idea of, you know, sort of taking this team apart and going, hey, instead of, you know, sort of alienating, you know, the, you know, these, this team and these players, what if, what if, you know, it, you know, you just sort of pause and wait and see and give it another, you know, couple years. Like, I mean, I feel like no one pulled across this side and said, you know, this, you know, sort of, you know, doing this is a bad idea. Maybe yeah. you should fall back a little. Well, you um, say, you say, you, you say two things. Um, I have two, ans- I have a thing to say that I have an answer. Okay. Uh, for Molly, you say, "What did a sport, a baseball scout, know about bulls?" Technically, he's just a scout. Anytime you have a little fat white guy <laughs> who probably never got picked for sports, who probably was on at the park watching sports all his life, yeah, he's good at that. He never got picked for no sports. He was <laughs> always on the sideline looking. That's what scouts do. The reason why people hate the front office, Molly is because, and this goes back to why I hate the guy who coaches the Seahawks. What's his name? Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll. Because for some reason, and I'm, I'm not saying this is some racial thing, but for some reason, white boys think that they're the reason the winning is happening. Happening. Krause got misquoted, but he says, you know, it's, it takes organizations win championships. Now, he, he really said it takes players and organizations win championships. And he has a point there. But at the end of the day, if you ain't dribbling the ball or dunking the ball or passing the ball, shut the fuck up. And Jordan said the reason he was mad was because they took, you're supposed to go out losing. 
You don't take it from me when I'm winning. Let me lose the shit. Then dismantle it. But it was all financial. And this is all about the fact that they could have won eight championships and not just six. They could have won they could have won more definitely. I think that it was it was some team I think that I think Kobe was coming. It was some people coming now. Let's not let's not let's be real. Uh yeah. Shaq was still floating around. So it was some situations that they were gonna have problems with, but that was all on the West Coast. But I will say it was the way the contract was set up. Scotty was gonna be wanting Michael money. Oh, that was pause. That was a tidbit that I read about how like how little money Scotty Pippen got. Yo, I didn't realize that either. Like I didn't under I, Tony Kukoc got paid more. I yeah. was shocked. That to hear was that. crazy. Because right but, after Michael but, Jordan, Scotty Pippen. But you have to understand, Scotty was one of those people that fell through the weird cracks of if Scotty was on any other team playing the way he was, okay, he would have bounced. But since they were on such a fast uptake, his loyalty stuck with the team, and he signed a garbage contract right before the NBA really took off. The NBA was still doing uh, okay. But he, like a year or two later, that's when Jordan brought the revenue of the whole NBA up so high. Mm-hmm. That everybody else, garbage players, were making more than Scotty. He was a what, one hundred and twenty second? Yeah, I think it was a yeah, hundred twenty second or one hundred thirty second. One hundred twenty second, one hundred and whatever. Right. And it was people who you ain't never heard of or will never hear from again making more money than Scotty Pippen. But now like, he made you... that money up back up later. But right. in that time, that's why the Bulls won because they weren't paying the main person big money. Mm-hmm. Yep. That allowed them to go out and get Dennis Rodman. I remember. I remember when Dennis Rodman was. I think he was either a San Antonio, and this is back when Brian Williams, I think, had left the Bulls. And I was like, I know this sounds crazy, but I think we need fucking Dennis Rodman because I remember <laughs> what Dennis Rodman was in Detroit. I'm like. Mm-hmm. We don't really need nobody to score no points. We need somebody to get them off of his rebounds. Jerry Krause made that happen. He's horrible. And another thing, I didn't know. I forgot he had died and realized he had died at 77 years old. Yeah. That's great. I, well, I That's- remember when the news hit Twitter a couple of years back and like, folks, it was just like, yeah, fuck that dude. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, I, I, not, now that I remember that, but I was yeah. like, damn, 77. He looked horrible. That's some quality. <laughs> That's some quality <laughs> well, lifespan. Know- Right, no, evil ages you. I mean, that guy looked about 50 in, in his 30s, so it's kind of crazy. <sighs> so let's talk more about Michael Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> you you, you Michael- know what I hate? You know, one, one, one negative thing that I hate, and it's not his fault, I hate how I'll pick on these people again, and I did it on our first podcast, Back Bali. The goofy-ass, <clears throat> the goofy-ass woke elite that likes to say Michael Jordan is a bad person because he makes all his money from Nike. He should be giving back. Big, 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 big. They want to make him seem like he should be doing more. Yo, you people. know what? Uh, RuPaul is fracking. Uh, RuPaul is fracking. Uh, RuPaul is fracking. 
so yeah, I that is just, so 2020. That is so 2020. Like that just that's, that RuPaul leases his land. He and his husband own land yeah. in Wyoming, and they lease their land to frack 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 frack. Now, if you can see my dude, dude, if you can see my face right now, if you can see my face, and you know what, Cassie, we're getting off topic, but this is what this show is okay. about sometimes. But you see how the fake, the fake woke is. Ain't nobody came after RuPaul on that shit. <laughs> no, no. Outside of really outside of maybe Grist, I want to say no, no other publication. Anybody heard of Grist? I'm talking about the. Oh, you the, mean like the Times or like the big no, the, the big legacy no, news? No, regular people, Jamie Golden. Your oh, regular I'm sorry. people who point fingers. The regular people who like to point fingers and people say everything is bad. Post about it right now. No, I'm saying no. I'm just really curious on. Out of some of the things I've seen people get mad about, like a I certain general misbehaving. RuPaul is doing like evil white man shit <laughs> and nobody cares. <laughs> well, so it, it, it might not be widely known though. One, and, and two, I think like some, most people are so, you know, they love them for drag race and it's really hard to sort of. <laughs> People still mad at Michael Vick. People still mad at Michael Vick, but RuPaul is killing poor white people. Killing poor white people. Well, we're fracking this case wide open (laughs) on the next podcast. (laughs) Let's turn. Okay. Back to Michael Jordan. (laughs) Yeah, that guy. I'm just going to say it here. I really want Jamie to tell a story about (laughs) it. Yeah. And something that I don't I don't know when I learned this, but I'll just say, I mean, as as I slowly the myth of Michael Jordan crumbled for me. Um and, and, and for many of us at some point, you you learned things about who Michael Jordan was. Oh yeah. Gruff, petty, yeah, competitive. Sounds like um, Brian Babylon. <laughs> don't forget adulterer. Adulterer. Whoa. <laughs> Haven't we all been there? (laughs) You know, he's very, very good at basketball. Yeah. But is he really Mm -hmm. hero material? Is he really hero material? And I think that that's what The Last Dance is really going to be asking and and presenting. I'm going to say this. For me, for a lot of um, pre-LeBron young black men, Michael Jordan was something to emulate your life. I always approach my life, and I've told you this, Molly, I've always approached my life in a Jordan-esque fashion. Focus when I really want to do something, like stand up. I, I, like, I took that shit serious. I didn't ask for shit. I went and took that shit. Um, he, he didn't have a lot of scandals with the gambling thing. He wasn't getting caught with no lines or no guns. He wasn't shooting himself in the leg in clubs. He pretty much was a stand-up guy, stayed out of politics. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't really, and that was a different time then. There was no internet to get into any deep debates about shit. You play basketball, you spend your money, and that was fucking it. Now it's a different game. So for then... In the 80s, 90s, he was a great role model for black boys like myself. He was a great role model for boys. 
because he was a nice guy. He wasn't an asshole. And he was a winner. <laughs> he, he was, was a, a black winner. man that was motherfucking winning. And nobody could take that shit from them. Even when they killed his motherfucking daddy. Yeah. That Father's Day game. God, nigga, let me tell you something. <laughs> I have seen, I don't cry at all. I think it's something genetically wrong with me. That's one of the few things that will get my eyes watery. Is that Father's okay. Day game? I, so it, the, it, the answer is yes. Have we all had sins and fallbacks? Yes, I've done asshole things. Molly, you have too. Jamie yes, Golden, I you have. have not, but you're a saint. I am a saint. Thank you for that. <laughs> But I want to hear. I want to hear the story, though. Not just, it's, well, it's, right. it's not just black boys who he was a role model for. Yeah, he was a spouse. model for black girls too. Like he I... was a model for black girls. My my white spouse told me before we recorded this, and I gave him a preview. He said, "Michael Jordan is the only celebrity I've ever written a letter to," and I wrote him two letters. Dear Michael Jordan, I'm white. <laughs> I'm white. You're my role model, and black girls too. And Jamie, yeah. The floor is yours, like like the stage at the moth. <laughs> All right, I'll do I'll do a moth intro. Okay, okay, our next storyteller, guys. When we hear her name, we just give her all the energy we have left in the auditorium. Okay, come into the stage right now. Give it up for Jamie Golden. <laughs> Michael Jordan clowned me when I was 17 and I survived. And I think the important part of that story is I survived. Um, yes. <laughs> I just <laughs> say that up front. This is not a ghost story. Right? However, like I, I'm, I'm, I might've died socially uh, for a little bit. Um, I, I did recover. Um, it did take some time now, but. Um, Can you give me a year, a year stamp first? Okay, it was 1993. Ooh. It was a it was the year Rare Air came out, and I was a high school junior at Kenwood Academy. Go Broncos! No R. Hey. Kelly, and um, I was also in this program that uh, called the Explorers Program. It um, it was some sort of like journalism bridge thing, um, and I was working as a cub reporter at the Chicago Defender the veneer Chicago like it was it was great it was it was an amazing experience anyway yeah can you can you give some context to the Chicago Defender for for the people Chicago hold on Molly did you know Chicago Defender was across the street from my house next door to Blanc yes mm-hmm. on King yes Drive. I did yeah. know that um well this was this was back when they were on South Michigan Avenue in that huge mm-hmm. mansion that was across from uh there was a a car dealership and like a dance studio. Um, so I was um, sort of interning as a cup reporter there. It was my second year and I had a really great mentor named Michael Brown. I wonder where he is now. I need to find him. Um, but he was a little kind round man with a very noticeable bald spot. Um, but he was very, you know, he never raised his voice, never got too um, rough with you. Any case, any any case, um, this is when Rare Air comes out, and I don't know if you guys remember like Michael Jordan's, you know, big picture book. Um, it mm-hmm. was uh, 
it, it was a, a huge drop and people were super excited. Um, so Mr. It was Brown, on every coffee table yeah, in yeah. Chicago. <laughs> so um, Mr. Brown gives me a, a copy of the book and um, the number to Jordan's publicist. And he goes, okay, go out there and try to get this interview. And I'm like over the moon because it's Michael fucking Jordan. And I've had this, you know, basketball, this 23 basketball since I was like 10 or 11. And I would practice my, you know, jump shots thinking, you know, one of these days I'm going to, you know, make it to the NBA, but not really because I'm a girl and there's no, there's no NBA for me. Anyway, so, um, so I spent like the next month or so calling this guy's publicist and, um, I'm like stalking at this point and I get a, a letter um, a little bit afterwards, uh, declining the interview. And it's, it's from my, it says it's from Michael Jordan. I'm thinking, eh, maybe his publicist typed it, whatever. The two things, um, it was addressed to Mr. Jamie Nesbitt. And (laughs) right. So like you're misgendering me. No way a Dane can be a reporter. Yeah. Right. (laughs) What's this? Um, so yeah, so, so the letter misgendered me and basically, you know, you know, told me that, you know, like say it said that he had, you know, prior engagements or whatever. And I'm like, well, fine, do your little Leno or Letterman or whatever. Fuck you, sir. Mm -hmm. Whatever. But I'm crying inside because again, this is one of my idols, you know, like dissing me. Um, so I was going (laughs) to walk away and take the L and Mr. Brown comes up with the idea of, of me writing a commentary on how stars turn their backs on, on people once they blow up. And the funny thing is that everybody, when I tell people this prior to writing it, everybody, everybody from my mama to like, like the cousin that I, that's like twice removed is like, this is a bad fucking idea. Don't do it. Just don't do it. And now, like, Jamie, hold on. Hold on. Let me interrupt and say what we didn't mention is that the Chicago Defender was one of the few last historic black yeah. newspapers. We didn't yeah. really mention that. Okay. So you're saying you you're gonna say, hey, you're gonna write this article so like, uh, see how right. we do? Get all famous winning championships <laughs> so we forget about the black people. Right. Uh, you see how we do? Okay. And like, you know, <laughs> like the black press is like the backbone, right? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. the defender is one of the oldest dailies in the country at this point. And, you know, like it used to be, you know, like the you know, black celebrities would treat the, you know, black press with respect. And now it's just like, eh. Um, so anyway, Mr. Brown, you know, sort of assigns me this, this task and I go forth and I write the piece and I'm thinking that it's going to run in like the regular, you know, kid reporter section of the newspaper where, you know, you know, like, Oh, the state fair, or, like, you know, someone sprained an ankle, someone rescued a dog. Mm-hmm. No, no, it runs in the regular op-ed section of the paper. And part of me is super excited. And the other part of me is really fucking mortified because <laughs> everybody's going to see it. Is that the moment? Is that the moment when you like saw it in print that you were like, oh. <laughs> yes, yeah, I had a very, it was very much like, oh. Well, like hold on, Jamie. Hold, yeah. Let me ask you this: Did you did you call his name out? I, I want to hear. I want to. Oh, do you yeah, remember no. the, the tone? What was the tone of the article? It was it was snarky. It Uh-oh. was. I mean, like <laughs> imagine, like I'm a 17 year old girl who just got <laughs> dissed by her idol. How do you think I'm going to be? Like, how do you think I'm going to? Like, it is, it is vitriolic. It is, it is 
every like it's like it's the equivalent <laughs> of me like storming off upstairs to my room and slamming the door. Like I am that I'm I'm Vanessa Huxtable on a bender, right? Like I am mm-hmm. mad. He's not even from Chicago. <laughs> like if it were Derek Rose or something. <laughs> right. But no, like I like no, I I when I I went when Mr. Brown said, don't, you know, don't hold back. I was like, oh, okay, bet. And again, I'm thinking, oh, no one's ever going to write. You. Oh, no, he's so played me. And I didn't realize this song is older. But no, um, so it rents in a regular section. And I'm thinking, well, you know, it's the Fender, right? No one's really going to read this. <laughs> Michael Jordan doesn't read it. Pshah, I'm good. But no, um, everybody read it uh, from my, my classmates at Kenwood to the people on the block, to mm-hmm. uh, to Michael Jordan himself, who who sent me a lovely follow up letter. Um, should I, I? I should break it out. Oh, oh! I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it right now, and I'll put it on our Facebook page, facebook.com/slash/obmatm. Yeah. All right, bust this letter out. It's on Jump Inc. It's on Jump Inc. Stationery. Yeah. It's it's uh, it's the letter had it's. It's really professional. It's dated. Let me ask you a question. February first. Okay, so first of all, he knows you're a young yes, person. How pre-internet? How pre-internet? How, hold on a second, guys. Yeah. How pre-internet is getting a a letter? First of all, people tweet back at you, <laughs> text back at you. A letter back, a letter clap back is yes. so meaty. <laughs> oh yeah, these days kids would be lucky to get a mean tweet yes. back. Yeah. Okay, so I, this was this was my question, yeah. Jamie. Like, is it clearly he didn't know you were a girl? That's okay. Right. But he but knew I was like, a kid. I was like, did he know that that she's a kid? <laughs> and it says, Mr. Jamie C. Nesbitt, youth reporter. <laughs> <laughs> You're about to be taught. I <laughs> no, we really, we we like. I don't know, like. I again, I don't. I don't know how we misgendered me because I. Very like I called every fucking day with this voice. Like there's no mistaking. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe he didn't think my balls had dropped yet. I don't know. No, maybe you know what? It. You know what? You know what, Jamie? I think Michael Jordan was so woke on that. <laughs> back then. He didn't want to. He wanna... was just like, yeah, yeah. He didn't want to be caught up in that. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's that's a possibility, or. I mean, or we're an asshole. I don't know, but um, oh, I just don't care. <laughs> right? Okay, so is this is this an asshole letter? Okay. Oh, dude, let's read so, it. So, Jamie, would you sure. like to read it, dear? And were you shaking? Like, oh were my you god! So, like, I, I, so when I tweeted the story, like, I, I, um, I read this. I called my best friend, um, who I'm still best friends with, like, thirty years later, and I'm like, I am beside myself in rage. <laughs> like, I cannot believe. The nerve of this motherfucker, you know, like, like ripping me a new one when, you know, like, I didn't, like, okay, so, like, 17-year-old me didn't think that the commentary was all that bad. In retrospect, it was definitely, like, a shot, right? It was definitely a shots fired situation. But I didn't, you know, I felt like, well, why, we, why would you take this time out to send me this letter when I really didn't do anything wrong? Like, if you had just accepted the interview and been nice, I wouldn't have had to, you know... Um, but again, seventeen-year-old logic um, isn't really logic. But um, it is that's not. it. He goes, no, it's not. <laughs> but yeah, so he, he goes, uh, dear Mister Nesbitt, 
I, I read with interest your article entitled Jordan Gives Youth Report of the Bull. Stop. 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 That was your title? Yeah, okay, so first of all, I did not choose that title. And you know how media works, right? You know that, we, oh, that reporters wow. don't write their own headlines. I did not write that headline. You I, was doing clickbait shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, when you put it like that, First of all, again, I had no control over the headline. Michael we, Jordan we, gives youth we, reporter we, the bull. <laughs> oh, God. For not being able to do an interview. <laughs> and like, I was also, I mean, like, I did not write the headline, but God, I need to find this article because like, it's been, I don't think I kept it. I think it was too ashamed to keep it in my clips. Um, but no, so I, I did not write the headline, but I'm pretty sure that the tone of the piece reflects the headline, so I can't really be. Well, too hold mad. on, hold on, hold on, Jamie. Did the did the man who set you up write the yeah. headline? That it's a possibility. That nigga guilty. That nigga guilty. He did that shit. So yeah, so no, that was the title. Um, I can, and he goes on to say, I commend your thoroughness in preparing to do an interview. You seem to be developing an eye for detail and know that following up is a very important aspect in getting anything accomplished. These are the signs of a quote professional. Nice. You're, you're right. Here's where we drop the fucking hammer though. Um, while you were understandably disappointed when your request for an interview was turned down, to turn that disappointment into a personal attack, I believe, demonstrates a lack of integrity, if not just plain maturity. You are given the same response as every other reporter, quote unquote, ooh, making the request at that time. That's not true because Jane Leno still got you. Anyway, um, the only well, appearances- well, 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 Jamie, Jane Leno, <laughs> Jane Leno is not a reporter. Okay, that's Jane true. Jane Leno, that's not a reporter. Okay, okay, that is true. Teens have rights. <laughs> Teens are people too. <laughs> so he's not a reporter, but still, like, I mean, as a talk show host, he is a media person. But fine, like, we're splitting hairs. Anyway, so he goes on to say, um, you're given the same response as every other reporter making the request at that time. The only appearances and or interviews I granted during that time period were previously contracted commitments. This, Mr. Nesbitt, is an undisputed fact. My reason for writing this is to give you some food for thought. Step back and evaluate the reason behind your publication of the January 22nd article. Certainly, you've been told a good reporter must have the ability to remain objective. They report unbiasedly, without prejudice. Unfortunately, there are not enough good reporters in the world today. Perhaps you'll one day be instrumental in changing this perception. Good luck in your future endeavors. Sincerely, Michael Jordan. I'm going to say, first of all, do you guys, first of all, I feel that sounds like someone was typing while someone was talking with a cigar in their mouth. Yes. I think that was def- <laughs> there was definitely some dictation involved. <laughs> I think that you are like so lucky to get this letter <laughs> and, and to have not died while you were reading it. You know, I'm just shriveled into a little ball. Well, but he, but, but he floated away. But do you guys think at the end of the whole 
message. It was sort of a stern pep talk. It was like a stern, like fatherly sort of, you know, I'm disappointing you. <laughs> like, but that's sort of like, sort of like, <clears throat> like how he would smack people in the neck when they wouldn't box out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like Luke Longley. I mean, he was smacking a seven oh foot God. Australian in the neck for not bo- boxing out. You could take a little letter. <laughs> no, I actually, I think it's like, it's just really incredible to me that he took the time to write you this letter as a follow-up. You got to him. Yeah. It's like amazing that you got to him. And it's amazing that he wrote to you. And, and like, I, like, I honestly didn't think, like, again, like when it right, when the commentary ran, I'm like, okay, no one's really going to read this. Even, even if it is in the big, you know, in the, in the big adult section of the paper, like, no one's going to read this shit. And then this arrives in my mailbox, and I'm like, oh, fuck. Was this your home mailbox? Or, or, uh, or no, it was, it the was, Defender? Um, it was my home mailbox. <gasps> so, like, the Defender, like, the Defender's address is on here, but it arrived in my mailbox. <laughs> that <laughs> like, just, I, remember- I just go, that's the reason he got back to you. Sure, your article was maybe snarky. It was that headline. Then, yeah, I mean, like, man, I when I think about it, it's like Jesus. Out of all the things to, I mean, that would really catch your attention, right? Like, I did. What to the kids? That's what... <laughs> <laughs> that fucked up kids meme is real, son. It's real. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I hold on. I did. What to some kids? Oh. What? <laughs> hey, man, they saying you fucking with kids, Mike. Like somebody <laughs> in the locker room said that to him. Hey, man, they say you over there dissing children, Mike. <laughs> Who said that? It's in the paper right here. Man, let me see that. <laughs> yeah. And then man. he and then he wrote a note to himself to talk to his secretary. He right, like... <laughs> he couldn't jump on the, in the notes app and, like, right. write his rebuttal and tweet it. Um, <laughs> and thank God for that. Like, if I, I imagine that had this happened, say... In the era of Twitter, um, oh. I'd be so fucked, dude. I was like, <laughs> you wouldn't have gotten no. college that fall. <laughs> I'd be in some. No, yes, you would have. It would be. I think it would be totally different. No, I think it would be totally different in this age of of internet. I think it would have happened so fast that yeah. uh, that click. It would have been that clickbait would have gotten everybody else in a in a tizzy. And he probably would have met up with you like, here, here's the interview, and it would have been fun. So, All Black Magic and Millennial, uh, Jamie Golden, thank you so much for being on our podcast. Thank you for having me. And we'll have a link to that letter on our Facebook page. Molly, it's facebook.com slash what? OBMATM. And from there, you'll be able to follow Jamie on Twitter. She's amazing. If I can say that for the ninth time in this episode. She is. I really appreciate your time, Jamie.